healthcare is studying the habits of those with the genes who didn't get the disease and teaching that to the people who don't know. Kashif Khan. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today is going to shed some light on why genetics are so important when it comes to women's health, particularly over 40. We haven't focused in this way on genetics and epigenetics in the podcast. So I thought it's super important to have Kashif on the podcast to really shed some light. And I wanted to start with that quote because, you know, we take for granted that what we have is healthcare in America and most developed countries, and we call it that healthcare. But really, it's just disease management. It's actually not the creation of health. So I love when Kashi says this, healthcare is studying the habits of those with the genes who didn't get the disease and teaching that to the people who don't know. We used to think that there was genetic determinism after DNA sequencing was discovered several decades ago and the Nobel Prize was awarded to Watson and Crick. And then we had this genetic determinism where all diseases are determined by genes. It's predestined, it's out of our control. We don't have to worry about it. And in fact, when I practiced regular OBGYN, I would have women all the time come to me and say, oh, my mother had a hysterectomy at 45, it's time for mine, as if that were genetically predetermined. It's not. In fact, genes only dictate about 10, maybe at most 20% of your health, but it's what genes get turned on that matters and what genes get turned off. And this is something called epigenetics, epi meaning above your genes. It turns them on and turns them off. So what creates health is your life habits that either turn certain genes on that you want or turn genes on that you don't want or turn bad genes off or turn good genes off. So it's all about epigenetics. So we're going to dive into that in great detail. He's going to dive into the topic of breast cancer, how it's not estrogen that causes breast cancer. Hopefully you don't believe that because all men and all women on the face of the planet have estrogen. And so if estrogen caused breast cancer, 100% of all men and all women would have it. And we don't. So it's something else. And one of the things that it is, is what your body does with that estrogen. So we're going to dive into that. And that's genetically determined. And you do have the power 
You have the control to turn those genes on or turn them off. So which will you choose? I will tell you a little bit about Kashif and then we will get started. So Kashif is the chief executive officer and founder of the DNA company where personalized medicine is being pioneered through unique insights into the human genome. He is also the host of the Unpilled podcast. I love that name. He grew up in Vancouver, Canada, in an immigrant household, and he has an industrious entrepreneurial spirit that he's had since he was a little kid. Before he started the DNA company, he advised a number of high-growth startups in a variety of industries, but he's really... He dove into the field of functional genomics as the CEO of the DNA company. And I really love his unique perspective on this. Sometimes we insiders can't see things the way that outsiders do. And he actually not only sees it, but can articulate their certain concepts importance in a way that I think is very impactful and unique. So please welcome Kashif to the podcast. Welcome Kashif to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Pleasure, honor to be with you. So excited to have you. I love talking about DNA and epigenetics and what people can do to turn certain genes on or off. And I don't think this really is a part of mainstream medicine yet. So women want to hear about this. They want to know what's out there and available for me to really make my health the best it can be at midlife and beyond. But first, I got to ask, How did you become so passionate about working with human genetics? Well, we we were a research company, but bringing it to the public, actually, it was a female hormone issue that got me there. And it was actually with my niece. So I've had my kids, three kids and my niece genetically tested who are all close to me to understand, you know, personalized diet, fitness, even academically, how is their brain wired? hormonally, how is their body developing? What sports should they play? So I've learned a lot about how to personalize the parenting for them. And what happened is my niece actually had an anxiety crisis where she just collapsed and she actually hurt herself. I had to take her to the hospital. And I realized there's just like any concerned parent, uncle, like I was just reacting to the problem. Oh, she has anxiety. Oh, she has pain. And I was borderline almost about to accept that pill prescription. And then I realized, hold on, what am I doing? I have her DNA. I have a deeper understanding of her biology. And so I realized that the three times that it happened was they were about a month apart. So I asked my sister, her mom, does this have anything to like, what's the timing of the menstrual cycle? And she said, you know what? You're right. It was right before it started every time, right before the menstrual cycle started. This is when she had these anxiety attack and crashes where she literally fell over, couldn't breathe. So I looked at her genetics and we've mapped out the hormone cascade to a T where we understand how you produce certain hormones, to what degree, how well do you clear them, how toxic are they, how clean are they. She was void of estrogen. She was highly androgen dominant, didn't produce enough estrogen. And we know that at the beginning of that hormone cycle is when you have the least estrogens, right? And then you start to make them. And If you have less to begin with, then that delta value for is even lower. Like she has this very deep belly. She goes into of no hormones, no Uh hormones, right? And so that was one thing. Then why did it happen then? Well, this was two years ago in the Toronto winter during COVID lockdown. And she hadn't been outside in like four months, right? This was like 2020 winter, pure lockdown, never left. So she got zero vitamin D. 
Of the 30,000 genes that make up your body, 10% of them require vitamin D to function. It's actually another hormone, if you really look at it correctly. And so she already had this hormone issue, which we can look at genetically. She wasn't getting enough vitamin D, which triggered a 10% biochemistry chaos. And then when you look at the genetics of her brain, she doesn't bind dopamine properly. So it's very easy for her to experience depression, anxiety, negative stimulus. Mm -hmm. And this cocktail of all these problems, plus not having gone outside for four months, equaled anxiety crash. She would have been on an anxiety pill if I didn't know all this. But all we did was I gave her L-theanine to boost her dopamine levels and I gave her 10,000 IU vitamin D in the very first week of her cycle, then 5,000, then 2,500, and we did that every month. It's been two years she has not had this problem, right? So when I went through that, a very long answer to your question, Mm -hmm. that that's the thing that made me go from we are not a research company. Every woman needs this. Every woman. How many young women like her are struggling with anxiety issues? How many women are struggling with infertility issues, crazy menopause, all this stuff that's treated so gray, which is actually black and white if you understand it genetically. Yeah, I love that story. It's very illustrative of the power of knowing your genetics. But yes, she would have ended up in the mainstream doctor's office on an anti-anxiety medication, and probably a birth control pill. Usually any symptoms that are cyclic, we gynecologists want to put every woman on a birth control pill, which basically just shuts the whole female hormone system down. But what most women don't realize is the the complications they're going to have from the hormone imbalances that it causes causes. So it's not the way I go now as a functional doc. (laughs) All right. So that certainly got you passionate about it. I love that story. And then what has, I mean, you're obviously an entrepreneur at heart. You've worked with startups in variety of industries, but it sounds like you had a personal story that really grabbed you here. And what are some other stories that you might share of how you've seen this impact women's health? Well, so first of all, you're right Mm -hmm. on. What they said is anxiety pill plus birth control. Yeah. (laughs) That was the prescription, right? And I said, no way, we're not doing that. And that's what triggered me to dive into her genome. So I can't tell you how many women. So let's look at breast cancer, for example. When you think about genetics, that's probably the biggest area where women think about the genes is, you know, BRCA, the BRCA gene, and that scary four-letter word. And if you ask a woman, do you want BRCA? She says, no, 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 I don't, I don't want BRCA. If you ask a doctor, what do you think about BRCA? Oh, scary, scary, scary. But if right. you ask them, what does it do? They don't know, right? <laughs> they don't even know what it means. You, you need BRCA. BRCA is a tumor suppressing gene. If you have, God forbid, cancer, it goes and fights it for you. That's what it does. The challenge is if you have the bad version of a variant, it doesn't do a good job of repair. So either or, even if you have the worst version, it doesn't cause cancer. What it does is does it, you lack the ability to fight. So we still need to ask the question, why did you get breast cancer in the first place, which is a female hormone issue that we don't understand or look at. Uh, in fact, you go to most cancer research websites and all these, and they, they tell you, we actually don't know why. We're more, more focused on how to treat it. So let's look at that example. Bad bracket. Why did you get it to begin with? This is one of many examples. So some women are unlike my niece, the opposite. They're more estrogen dominant. So this is step one of three. In that hormone cascade, you go from progesterone 
the testosterone to estrogen. That's what you do. There's some nuances in there, other things you can do, but that's the general lane, right? Some women just convert into a heavy bucket of estrogen. That's what they do. Step two of three, you then need to create a metabolite, either two, four, or 16 hydroxyestrogen. That's what you make it into. Two is great, nice, clean stuff. Four and 16, highly toxic. You don't want them, right? Then step three of three, now that you know you may be estrogen dominant and estrogen toxic, what are the detox systems that are supposed to kick in and clear that stuff and help me get rid of it, which is glutathione and antioxidation. Those are the two key areas. Step four, there's another step four we can look at, which is methylation, which is your anti-inflammatory response if you're not doing those things well. So if that's you, estrogen dominant, estrogen toxic, I don't detoxify, you now get put in this bucket of high risk, but still not every woman gets sick. What happens? 85% of North American women, I can speak to North American data because that's where I am. Mm -hmm. 85% of North American women will be on a birth control pill for 10 years, right? For fueling that estrogen fire. Every woman as she reaches sort of midlife is told to get on hormone replacement therapy now without understanding which one and why, which is what you're so good at, right? And just, yeah, take it, just go ahead. You're supposed to do it. Fueling that estrogen fire. Women have no clue for the most part, maybe not your audience, but for the most part, the hormone disruptors that they're dealing with every day, the Teflon-coated frying pan, the chemicals, the pesticides in the lawn, everything that they're breathing and eating and coming through their skin that their body just treats as more hormones and fuels that toxic fire. That's the woman for whom you have the genetic profile and you've also made the wrong epigenetic choices unknowingly that now you feel that fire so much that it causes inflammation. So... Why then is menopause the time when this happens? Why is that where you find most breast cancer? Because now all of a sudden you don't have a menstrual cycle to get rid of that monthly dose of estrogen toxicity and your body wants to protect you. It doesn't want it free flowing in the blood, causing inflammation to your organs and your, your endothelium, your vasculature, your veins. So it goes and stores it in fat. And where do you have fat? In your breasts. And what's in your breast that was never designed to deal with that level of toxic insult is all these glands to deliver milk that get inflamed, get damaged, become cancerous. And that's the point when BRCA is supposed to start working, right? Now, all of a sudden, yeah. the tumor suppressing gene is supposed to come in and fix the damage you did. Mm -hmm. But even then, why have cancer to begin with? If you understand this is what's happening with your hormones, if you understand these are the choices you need to make and you understand that there's a right and wrong way to do hormones for you as an individual, right? You shouldn't have ever had it in the first place. And this is all we're saying is that if you are ill, we can help or anybody can help by using functional genomics. Why? As opposed to what? Go ahead and treat it. You need to do that. But let's find out also why. If you're not yet ill, Let's make sure it never happens. Let's prevent all this nonsense from ever happening because you you can be armed with the right choices. Well, you brought up so many great points in there, Kashif. Let's just go back because that was <laughs> so powerful. I hope everybody listening really heard what he's saying. So number one, you said they're only concerned with how to treat breast cancer, not why you get it. And I hope everyone heard that because it's true. The pharmaceutical industry and most researchers are not overly concerned with why you got breast cancer because they're not interested in preventing it. They're interested in treating it because, yeah. unfortunately, in our capitalist society, that's 
where the profit is. And also you mentioned the detox pathways, the 2,4,16-hydroxy um, estrogens. And what most women don't realize is that their regular doctor is not going to ever check those on them. But if you heard what Kashif said, he was saying that this is vital to know as part of why did you get breast cancer? Because if you're detoxifying your estrogen down negative pathways, you're more prone to making toxic metabolites that will go on to create cancer. And that includes the 2416 issue, there are enzymes involved with that, but also the, the glutathione and the methylation. And there were so many other things important in there that you said that how women are afraid of BRCA. And I can't even remember, I took some notes on what you said to, to comment on it. Anything else you want to add to that? Because I think it's super important what you no, said. I think you're right on that the toolkit, right? When you go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't have bad intentions. Right. They're just limited by the tools provided to them and what they're trained on. And what they're trained on is how to treat. So even if you get into there, if you ask an oncologist or a doctor that you don't tell me why, they'll say, yeah, we do. We look, is it HER2 positive and like what kind of it? But all of those things only ever lead to which treatment do you need? Right. Right. The, the, the only why you will get is what directs a drug or a treatment, not here's why you don't need to be in the hospital. That's really the answer you want, right? Healthcare should be, how do I stay healthy? <laughs> Not how do I get rid of this illness? I was it's born healthy. Yeah, I wasn't born with breast cancer. Why did it happen now? Why does most chronic disease happen to somebody? Well, the North American average, by the way, this is the American dream, is by the time you're 55, you have a chronic disease. That's the average. By the time you're 65, you have two and you spend the last 15 years of your life in treatment. That's the expectation of things that you're not born with and you don't innately have, right? And it's so much worse for women because of the cofactor of estrogen dominance. And, and sorry, I should say more precisely estrogen toxicity. 66% of women will die on their first cardiovascular event with zero symptoms, zero previous warning signs. They don't even know that they're cardiovascularly ill they'll have some kind of heart attack blockage, whatever, and they will die because they're so much more inflamed than the men. The men, it's a tiny fraction. So women have to pay so much more attention, not only to the hormone issues themselves, but all the other chronic diseases for which you're fueling a much more aggressive version of it. Right. That is a, a powerful point. And you're so right. And we take for granted what healthcare is because we're socialized into it from the time we're born. But if doctors really were concerned with the prevention of disease, they would be talking to you about diet, lifestyle, sleep, all these things. And it's not what we do. We've got a prescription pad. We do drugs and surgery, drugs and surgery. And that's what we do. So the average woman is not having a BRCA test. She's not having her phase one and phase two liver enzyme detox pathways, yeah. uh, genetics modification profile done. What do you think are the most important tests for women to have when it comes to fun functional genomics? So this is self-serving, but we've built it, right? And why the reason why we built it is because just like when my niece went through it, genetic tests don't serve hormones properly because you can't look at... So first of all, what is genetics? This gene means this, this gene means this, this gene means this. That's genetics, right? You got a report that tells you what version of what gene you have, 
And now somebody that has some knowledge will go interpret that somehow. But that's not the way the body works, especially when it comes to hormones. There's a, there's a cascade. It's not this gene does this. One step won't direct you. You need to know the full system flow. I make progesterone convert into testosterone. How quickly? How much testosterone do I make? Do I then convert that into DHT? Do I clear it? Do I convert it into estrogen? And then what version of estrogen do I then make? So if you haven't mapped all of that out, you can't really make a call. And this is why genetics 101, which is what most genetic researchers do, hasn't really addressed hormones. Functional genomics, just like medicine is, what disease do you have? Let me give you a pill. That's mm -hmm. what genetics is also. Functional medicine is, let's figure out why you got sick to begin with and change your mm -hmm. habits. That's what functional genomics is. Let's map the pathway in the context of the body actually works. And then we know exactly where to intervene. We can predict. We can then predict how you do all of these jobs in your body. What is it? What is DNA? DNA is an instruction telling your cells what to do. If you know what version of what gene you have, you know one job. But if you don't understand the entire assembly line and what everybody else is doing, can you really make a call? Functional genomics is let's look at the full system, the pathway in the context of human biology. Like here's what the body actually does. Now let's reverse engineer the genes that instruct each step, that baton pass along mm -hmm. the way of that process, right? So now you can take this very gray area of female hormones, which you ask any woman what her experience is medically, and it sucks, right? It's just like- Universal. Supposed, yeah, universal. Like the answer is you're supposed to have problems. It's your hormones, right? Like it's a, you're a woman. You're supposed to have problems. That's the belief. That is That's, the belief. And, and why? Because it has been mapped the way that I just described earlier. This gene means this, this gene means this. This hormone means this. This pathway means this. The entire cascade has been looked at openly as this map, where you, which you then read. Then you can determine exactly what's going on. And you make this, like I said earlier, this very gray thing, very black and white, very certain. It is that certain. And now you know exactly what risks, what problems, how to prevent and how to have a wonderful menopause, how to have wonderful fertility, how to have a great <laughs> menstrual cycle, right? It, it can be that way. And it is now more challenging and more problematic than ever because the load of hormone disruptors and chemicals we're dealing with is more than ever before. And this is also partly why the sort of medical practice has an advance because grandma's generation didn't have the problems that this generation has because they weren't exposed to this level of chemicals and horrible food and lack of sleep and all the other things that are co-factor to these hormone problems. So it's even more important ever than, than ever before today to look at it deeply. Yes. So I know a lot of people get very excited about tests like 23andMe. I had it done a while back when it first came out and really wasn't impressed with the action actionable information in there. I mean, I don't really need to know that I have the gene that I can smell the asparagus in my urine after I eat it. <laughs> you probably I know already. I knew that already. I don't find that very useful. And it seems like most of these tests that, that are available online, or let me just say a lot of them, are not actionable information. How can the average woman discern among genetic tests, what's worth my time, energy, and money that's actually going to give me actionable information that's going to impact my health? How does she know that? It has to be a functional genomics test. 
right? What does that mean? Genetics is what does this gene mean? And unless a gene has one singular purpose, you can't really say anything about it. Functional genomics is of the 30,000 genes in your body, there's only 100 that matter for most chronic conditions. Hormones, brain, detox, diet, nutrition, and a few other things, right? So what we've done is we've created a hormone panel. And in that, all that, you know, so the genetics of this gene does this and your, your pee smells because of asparagus, great. How do I make hormones? How do you map them out? And how do you make it actionable? The reason why we're able to do that is the research itself. So most genetic companies, there's a researcher in our lab who receives your sample in the mail, who then puts it through an algorithm and you get a report. And that researcher is studying the DNA in a Petri dish somewhere, right? We said, that's exactly the problem. They never met any of their patients and talked to them. They don't actually meet them and say, how do you feel? How did this supplement work? What happened to you when you ate this food? So mm -hmm. that's what we did. We spent three years uh, studying 7,000 people and the majority of them were women. So we actually partnered with a number of clinics that dealt with breast cancer and infertility and hormone issues and all these different things. And we said, we'll work on the testing and our research. And we actually want to meet these women. And we sat down with them for hours, sometimes months, depending mm -hmm. what the problem was, to document what, how are they eating? How are they exercising? What, were their, what was their chemical exposure? And now those things are in the report and actionable. So when you log in, it's called the DNA 360. So when you log into the DNA 360 portal, yes, you're finding out about your DNA, but you're also being told, here's for this problem, anxiety, keto diet, separated by the problem. For anxiety, here's your rank, and here's the supplements that you need to take. Not that everybody needs to take, take, but that you need to take. Here's the food that you need to eat. Here's the habits you need to adopt. We hired Dr. BJ Fogg, he runs the Stanford University Behavior Change Lab. So he's a guru when it comes to behavior change. He wrote the book, yeah. Tiny Habits, amazing book, right? Well, great we book. hired him. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, how do you actually change your identity? So we spent a year with him taking all of what I descri described, and then he put the behavior change insights into it so it's easy. So it's like, here's how you actually, here's what's wrong, here's how you fix it, and here's how you actually implement it, the easiest way to implement it. So now all of a sudden, that's what action is. Right, action is not tell me what's wrong and then say good luck. It's <laughs> telling what's wrong. Yeah, like you got an eighty percent chance of Alzheimer's. See you later. Right, that's yeah. genetics, right? No, it's you got an eighty percent chance of Alzheimer's. But by the way, the twenty percent that didn't get it with your genomic profile, here's what they did right. Mm -hmm. That's healthcare. Healthcare is studying the healthy and teaching those habits to the people that don't yet know. Right, that's maintaining health, not masking illness. So that's what we did. We studied the healthy. We learned all those right things. We can now teach them to the people that have the eighty percent risk of whatever. And how do you implement it? Here's the behaviors you need to adopt to make it easy. So that's all built into the report. Because if it isn't easy, it isn't actionable. Right? Part of it being actionable is it has to be easy to understand and use. You shouldn't need a PhD to decipher it for you, who then may have an opinion on what they actually think it means. Right. Right. Yeah, that's super important. I love what you said. I want to reiterate that you basically said healthcare is studying the habits of those with the genes who didn't get the disease and teaching that to the people who don't know. And yeah. I, I think for everyone listening, you need to realize that you're at risk for some diseases and you have no idea about what you're yeah. at risk for 
because you haven't done a genetic profile that's actionable that tells you what you're at risk for. So you're just blindly going down the road and then one day you might get a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or dementia or cancer or something. And then people say, oh, it came out of the blue. And what I say is it didn't come out of the blue. It came out of the oblivious because you didn't know because it's not the standard of care for physicians to be checking their patients, most of them, their genetics. And just imagine the power that you can have, that you can get if you take action now, get this information and see, oh, I'm at risk for A, B, and C. Let me learn what the people who are also at risk for A, B, and C did who didn't get that disease. And then you can start doing it 5, 10, 20, however many years prior and maybe avoid that problem. And I know there's some people who are going to reach out to me and say, Dr. Kieran, well, why, why doesn't my doctor do this? Why doesn't my HMO pay for this? Why all these things? And, but a lot of you have heard me talking about this for so long. You know the answer, right? And that's, we've talked about it today. That's yeah. not what healthcare is about. It's not what medicine is about. Yeah, and that's, that's part of, I mean, trap is the best word to call it. Part of the trap is, Oh, it's not covered by my insurance. I don't know. You've been, you've been taught in, in, that there's an entitlement around healthcare, right? That whatever's covered is good for me and what's covered is not acceptable. So that's the challenge. 60% of American personal bankruptcies are from healthcare costs. Literally. Can you imagine two thirds of U.S. personal bankruptcies are from people that's worked their entire lives to give it all up to start, try and stay alive. And then even that doesn't work. They have to go bankrupt because of how expensive it is to treat illness. So isn't it a lot more effective to instead of saying, oh, this few hundred dollars is not covered by my insurance, instead to know exactly how to not have to spend half a million dollars on treating cancer when you're 60, right? And, and, the, and the challenge with health is because of the way we've been taught, it's our belief is I can do whatever I want. And when I break something, it's the doctor's job to fix me. Right? That's the challenge. And we believe that. We believe that, that. Then guess what? Then you're on the path to breaking something and going to the doctor to fix you. You've already made that choice. Or health can be, I'm going to learn everything I could possibly do to never get sick. Right? And when you look at the people that are, that are uber wealthy, that are selling you all this stuff, they're not in a hospital in the last 15 years of their life. The queen didn't die in a hospital bed. A month ago, right? She was walking and being the queen, right? Why? Because she had all the right people around her maintaining her health, not masking illness. That's the ultimate luxury, but you're, I mean, that, but we're not sold that. So you have to take control and do it yourself. Yeah. It's so true. And it was when you were saying that statistic about cancer and the cost to treat it. At this point, one in two of us will get cancer. And if you're in a partnered or married relationship, that means one of you is going to get it and it's going to be a bill of about a oh. quarter of a million dollars. And the, yes, the statistics on bankruptcy and healthcare costs, is, it's staggering. So let's get on to, I, know, I think we've made our point, but um, it can't be stated enough because 
despite as much as I've talked about it for years, I still have people reaching out to me and complaining and saying, well, my insurance should pay for this and on and on and on. I think, you know, in a utopian society, we would learn these things starting when we were growing up in grade school. We would learn how our body functions. We would learn how to eat. We would learn about the importance. <laughs> That's for another day. All right. So you've got to have functional genomics. In these last few minutes, I definitely want to give people actionable information. We certainly will have links to the DNA company, which is your company, in the show notes so people can go there. And I think you've got a free download for them, right? Yeah. And I'll make sure to set up a, a promo code. I want to honor everybody for listening and, you know, taking the time to learn how to be better. So we'll set up, I'll just keep it simple. You know, Karen Dunson, I'll make you like KD50, you get $50 off the test. So I'll make sure that's set up. Awesome. And then, uh, that will, yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes too. We'll have the link and the code. So don't, if you're driving, don't try to write it down. <laughs> so, you know, this field of new genomic testing companies is expanding very rapidly. So there are a lot of options out there. And I have to say that one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is this differentiation of the actionable genomic information that people are going to get, the functional information, just like you're describing, you really map out the, the whole hormonal cascade for women. And I will say that all genetic tests are not created equal. There are the 23s and me's that I think are pure novelty. And then there are some other companies that provide services, but I, I haven't found the information is so overwhelming because it's so much. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, do these 15 things <laughs> because of yeah. these these genetics, but what kind of actionable information can women expect to get from a report from the DNA company? We, when we studied those 7,000 people, we mm -hmm. learned that there were six key areas. If, if we focus on those, resolve most issues, give you optimal performance and slow down aging, right? So those are the six that we focus on. And if any, anyone needs anything more beyond that, we recommend they speak to one of either their own clinician or one of our clinicians to dive deeper. Mm -hmm. Like, But if it actually is breast cancer or prostate health, we, a clinician should work on that. But the six areas are cardiovascular health. So everything around maintaining, because it's the number one killer and it's so easy to prevent. So diabetes, cholesterolemia, you know, hypertension, all that stuff. Then mood and behavior, everything about the brain. How do you think? How do you perceive? Why do you not get along with that person? Why are you wired to be an accountant? You know, everything about the, <laughs> the, the way your brain works, truly personality mapping to a T so that you understand why you thrive in certain things and there's friction in certain things. Why do you have anxiety, depression, addiction tendencies, which you don't need to have, right? The third one is hormones which speaks to hormone dominance and toxicity, the thing we're talking about, but it also speaks to things like cellulite, hair, skin, uh, fat retention. Why do you hit plateaus of not being able to lose weight? For women, when do you work out? You know, What time of the month? When do you lift weights? When do you do yoga? Because it, it makes a difference depending on what's happening in your hormone cycle, right? to get the best result and not get injuries. Then we look at innate cellular health. So immunity and detox. What is your body doing to prevent inflammation, which is a root cause of disease in general? So mm -hmm. detoxification, you know, uh, anti-inflammation, antioxidation, all that stuff. How healthy are the cells? We look at diet and nutrition. 
So at a macro level, should you be on a vegan diet? Should you be keto? Should you be, you know, paleo? Like what is right for you based on how you metabolize starches and fats and your insulin response? And then the micronutrients like vitamin D and C and zinc and all the other things mm -hmm. that help you stay healthy. And the last one is sleep. So the genetics of I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I sleep through the night, but I wake up feeling like I didn't get any rest. Those are three very different things genetic, genetically. We understand why they happen. And that's probably the fastest thing that gets fixed because it's almost instantaneously. If you start doing the right thing, you start sleeping better right away. And that supports everything else. So sleep is mm -hmm. when you detoxify. It's when your brain and your glymphatic system detoxifies. It's when you make your hormones. It's when you make your mental uh, neurochemicals. Like So if you're sleeping well, you're already solving a lot of problems. Right. So, and then that's why we focus on that as an outlying thing. So, those are the six areas we focus on. And if you do these six things right, you're superhuman. Yeah. Right? You, you, just, you just extended your life by 15 years just by doing these things because this is where disease comes from. And if you don't have chronic disease, then you should live healthy with energy and vitality. Yeah. And I love that you shared uh, Mark's Hyman, Mark Hyman's quote with me before we started. Your genes load the gun. Your environment, nutrition, yeah. and lifestyle pull the trigger. It's so true. But I think that most people just aren't aware that what is the gun loaded with? Yes. What could yeah. I be facing? And I think it's so important to have information like a functional genomic profile that can help you make informed choices about nutrition and lifestyle. I know... There are women all over looking for what what diet should I eat? And we choose with our minds. But the truth is, a lot of times our genetics have something to say about that, right? Yeah, for sure. You're, first of all, the way you're even perceiving and the choice that you just made, mm -hmm. five different people will make five different choices because they're seeing the situation differently. Your ability to deal with trauma and pain and either use it or a tool or ignore it is determined by one or two genes, really. Some people literally imprint and bind trauma and they hold on to the feeling. Some people can't, they ignore it. You know, your ability to see details and be, be able to prioritize all the stimulus around you, whether it's sound or noise or information, that's all linked in serotonin. And so you, you even, step one, even understanding how you see the world. You know, and when, when we're coaching people clinically, we, we usually start there. It's like, let's understand your brain. Because once we do that, we know how to help you comply and actually do the things you're supposed to do. We know how to speak to you. Like if I come with all the bad news, are you never going to talk to me again? Right? Are you, or are you like myself, who's highly reward seeking because I can't bind dopamine, so it's very hard for me to experience pleasure and reward. So uh -huh. I'm overly, yeah, I'm I'm overly, uh, uh, I'll do too much and I'll burn out. Right? Mm -hmm. So we start. And, and then if you also know that about yourself, you start to understand that's why in this scenario, this doesn't work. That's why I behave like this. So anyways, to just about getting into choices, it starts with even understanding how you perceive. Got it. Yes. Go. You're so right. And our perception is partly determined by our genetics. I think the point is well taken. And I'm wondering if you can, you shared with me a quote from Seth Godin, the cost of being wrong is less than the cost of doing nothing. So as it pertains to the topic, we're discussing women at midlife, hormonal health and balance, what I call hormonal poverty. What, how yeah. does this apply? Very simple. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't do anything about prevention because we don't think we can. 
now that you know you can, and if you still don't, something is coming. We just don't know what yet. The reality is that when we think of our ancestors, we think of grandma and grandpa, your DNA is 200,000 years old. So we are like people of 200,000 years ago. What does that mean? That the reality that we now live in of a highly industrialized chemical society is what, 70, 80, maybe 100 years old versus 200,000 years of what we are designed for? So the short answer is you're going to be sick. We just don't know with what yet. So the risk of just doing nothing means you've consciously made a decision to accept that you're going to be sick with something. The risk of doing something is that maybe you just did the wrong thing and you need to trial and error and figure out what's right. So start, start today. The earlier you start, I believe the sort of trifecta, and you hinted to this earlier, is you start with your genetic code because now you know what you're wired for, what choices to make. Then you go into epigenetics, which is environment, nutrition, life. Let's start bringing in the right habits. Then you get into tracking, which is let's let's do blood work and let's do Dutch testing and let's figure out where is it not working out. This choice that I thought was right for me isn't actually making moving the needle. So I need to now change it. So that's what you should do for healthcare. Initial mapping, genetic testing. Here's who I am and here's mm -hmm. my risk. Start to implement habits. Here's the right choices for me. And now I'm making changes slowly. You don't have to do everything at once. As you can handle it, start to make changes. And then measure things. Work with somebody like yourself and keep measuring. Work with Dr. Dunstan and say, I want to do this test. I want to do this test. And then you'll start to see, oh, I moved the needle. C-reactive protein, way better. My inflammation is gone. But guess what? Estrogen toxicity is still there. Let me work on that. That's healthcare. That's you taking charge and making that conscious choice, conscious choice and preventing. Yes. So important. Kashif, thank you so much for sharing all this wonderful information. I love your passion for this topic. It, it really shows. And I think that everybody listening really has a good idea for how impactful a functional genomic test can be. I hope you will all check it out. We'll have all the information in the show notes with all the links so you can go get a test. It's a place to start. Just start, take action. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Unpilled podcast. So tell everyone about your podcast and where they can connect with you on social media and on the internet. So... Unpilled was really built for our customers just to learn. So we have so many questions that we get regularly. So we thought if we just give that answer to everybody as opposed to one individual. So the Unpilled podcast, wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, just look up the Unpilled podcast, you'll find us. And it's essentially us speaking to healthcare issues from the genetic perspective. That was season one. Season two just launched, which is us interviewing a whole bunch of healthcare experts about various topics. And they were awesome interviews. The, the most recent one that just went live is with JJ Virgin about nutrition. And then we sprinkle our new uh, sort of genetic insights as she's talking. It's awesome. You'll also get a lot of information from Instagram. You know, me personally, I try and put stuff out there as I see problems. So CashCon official, K-A-S-H-K-H-A-N official, find me on Instagram and You'll learn as we go, keep on going along. Every time we find something new, we talk about it. So you'll keep learning. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for that and for this information. Thank you for your passion about women's health and helping them to be healthier. Any last words of wisdom that you'd like to leave everyone with? Uh, well, you know, I did say earlier, start, right? And mm -hmm. if you do one thing, well, two things. If you do two things today, just to make that commitment to start and actually do it, sleep properly tonight, mm -hmm. sleep on time, have proper sleep hygiene, which means no TV, no laptop, no phone, right temperature, no distractions, good uh, blockage of light. Do that and start making that because that's free and easy. You don't need a doctor's oversight. Everything's in your control. Do that now. Start today. Second thing is think about your environmental health. As women, think about how important what you're breathing, what you're eating, and what's coming in through your skin. What chemicals are you using at home? What did you just clean your countertop with? What did you just spray in your lawn? Start thinking about that today. If you don't do anything else, do those two things. Yes. I think that's wonderful advice, and I look forward to hearing from you all listening which ones, or hopefully both, that you've done, and what changes you're starting to notice, because sometimes it doesn't take much. Just small right. changes, one little step can be so powerful. Kashif yep. Khan, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to another episode of The Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. I'm so glad that you chose to join us today. And I know that you've learned some new information that you can put into action in your life to start making changes. Like Kashi shared with us that Seth Godin said, the cost of being wrong is less than the cost of doing nothing. So do something and then reach out on social media and let me know what you chose to do. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Until then, peace, love and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.